Chapter 1, Section 5 of The Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Chapter 1, Section 5 Religious Festivals. For it was in ritual and art not in propositions that the greek religion expressed itself and in this respect it was closer to the roman catholic than to the protestant branch of the christian faith the plastic genius of the race that passion to embody ideas in form which was at the root as we saw of their whole religious outlook drove them to enact for their own delight in the most beautiful and telling forms the whole conception they had framed of the world and of themselves the changes of the seasons with the toil they exact and the gifts they bring the powers of generation and destruction the bounty or the rigours of the earth and on the other hand the order and operations of social phenomena the divisions of age and sex of function and of rank in the state all these took shape and came as it were to self-consciousness in a magnificent series of publicly ordered fêtes so numerous were these and so diverse in their character that it would be impossible even if it were desirable in this place to give any general account of them our purpose will be better served by a description of two selected from the calendar of athens and typical the one of the relations of man to nature the other of his relation to the state the festivals we have chosen are those known as the Anthesteria and the Panathenaia. The Anthesteria was held at that season of the year when, as Pindar sings, in an ode composed to be sung upon the occasion, the chamber of the hours is opened, and the blossoms hear the voice of the fragrant spring when violet clusters are flung upon the lap of earth and chaplets of roses braided in the hair when the sound of the flute is heard and choirs chanting hymns to semele on the natural side the festival records the coming of spring and the fermenting of last year's wine on the spiritual its centre is dionysus who not only was the god of wine but according to another legend symbolized in his fate the death of the year in winter and its rebirth at spring the ceremonies open with a scene of abandoned jollity servants and slaves are invited to share in the universal revel the school holidays begin and all the place is alive with the bustle and fun of a great fair bargaining 
peep-shows conjuring and the like fill up the hours of the day and towards evening the holiday-makers assemble garlanded and crowned in preparation for the great procession the procession takes place by torchlight the statue of dionysus leads the way and the revellers follow and swarm about him in carriages or on foot costumed as hours or nymphs or bacchae in the train of the god of wine the destination is the temple of the god and there sacrifice is performed with the usual accompaniment of song and dance the whole closing with a banquet and a drinking contest similar to those in vogue among the german students aristophanes has described the scene for us couches tables cushions and coverlets for mattresses dancing and singing girls for mistresses plum cake and plain comfits and caraways confectionery fruits preserved and fresh relishes of all sorts hot things and bitter savouries and sweets broiled biscuits and what not flowers and perfumes and garlands everything and in the midst of this the signal given by the trumpet the simultaneous draught of wine and the prize adjudged to the man who is the first to empty his cup thus ends the first phase of the festival so far all has been mirth and revelry but now comes a sudden change of tone dionysus god of wine though he be has also his tragic aspect of him too there is recorded a descent into hell and to the glad celebration of the renewal of life in spring succeeds a feast in honour of the dead the ghosts it is supposed come forth to the upper air every doorpost is smeared with pitch to keep off the wandering shades and every family sacrifices to its own departed nor are the arts forgotten a musical festival is held and competing choirs sing and dance in honour of the god such so far as our brief and imperfect records enable us to trace it was the ritual of a typical greek festival with the many questions that might be raised as to its origin and development we need not concern ourselves at present what we have to note is the broad fact characteristic of the genius of the greeks that they have taken the natural emotions excited by the birth of spring and by connecting them with the worship of dionysus have given them expression and form so that what in its origin was a mere burst of primitive animal spirits is transmuted into a complex and beautiful work of art 
the secret springs and fountains of physical life flowing into the forms of a spiritual symbol it is this that is the real meaning of all ceremonial and this that the greeks better than any other people understood their religion one may almost say consisted in ritual and to attempt to divide the inner from the outer world would be to falsify from the beginning its distinctive character let us pass to our second illustration the great city festival of athens in the anthesteria it was a moment of nature that was seized and idealized here in the panathenaia it is the forms of social life its distinctions within its embracing unity that are set forth in their interdependence as functions of a spiritual life in this great national fete held every four years all the higher activities of athenian life were ideally displayed contests of song of lyre and of flute foot and horse races wrestling boxing and the like military evolutions of infantry and horse pyrrhic dances symbolic of attack and defence in war mystic chants of women and choruses of youths the whole concentring and discharging itself in that great processional act in which as it were the material forms of society became transparent and the whole moved on illumined and visibly sustained by the spiritual soul of which it was the complete and harmonious embodiment of this procession we have still in the frieze of the parthenon a marble transcript there we may see the life of ancient athens moving in stone from the first mounting of their horses by isolated youths like the slow and dropping prelude of a symphony on to the thronged and trampling ranks of cavalry past the antique chariots reminiscent of homeric war and the marching band of flutes and zithers by lines of men and maidens bearing sacrificial urns by the garlanded sheep and oxen destined for sacrifice to where on turning the corner that leads to the eastern front we find ourselves in the presence of the olympian gods themselves enthroned to receive the offering of a people's life and if to this marble representation we add the colour it lacks the gold and silver of the vessels the purple and saffron robes if we set the music playing and bid the oxen low if we gird our living picture with the blaze of an august noon 
and crown it with the acropolis of athens we may form a conception better perhaps than could otherwise be obtained of what religion really meant to the citizen of a state whose activities were thus habitually symbolized in the cult of its patron deity religion to him clearly could hardly be a thing apart dwelling in the internal region of the soul and leaving outside untouched by the light of the ideal the whole business and complexity of the material side of life to him it was the vividly present and active soul of his corporate existence representing in the symbolic forms of ritual the actual facts of his experience what he re-enacted periodically in ordered ceremony was but the drama of his daily life so that as we said before the state in one of its aspects was a church and every layman from one point of view a priest the question what did a belief in the gods really mean to the greek has now received at least some sort of answer it meant to recur to our old phrase that he was made at home in the world in place of the unintelligible powers of nature he was surrounded by a company of beings like himself and these beings who controlled the physical world were also the creators of human society from them were descended the heroes who founded families and states and under their guidance and protection cities prospered and throve their histories were recounted in innumerable myths and these again were embodied in ritual the whole life of man in its relations both to nature and to society was conceived as derived from and dependent upon his gods and this dependence was expressed and brought vividly home to him in a series of religious festivals belief in the gods was not to him so much an intellectual conviction as a spiritual atmosphere in which he moved and to think it away would be to think away the whole structure of greek civilization end of chapter 1 section 5 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.